Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. By today's standards, some people think God is not good. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Maybe they're talking about their always angry, never happy, imaginary, made up in their own mind, God. But we know that the Mighty One of Israel, the Elohim we serve, is awesome, powerful, glorious, eternal, and mighty good. Let's talk about it. I think you meant that, Mama. I did. And by the way, if you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Italy and Connecticut. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. So, Mama, do you remember what competitions were like when we were kids? You mean like the music or performance-based competitions or pageants? Team sports, spelling bees, that kind of thing? Yeah, those types of competitions. They were really great because they taught us really great life lessons. I was pretty involved in music as a child. Our youth choirs didn't participate in competitions per se, but the lessons we learned from that time were such a blessing. I learned the importance of being prepared and doing my best. I also learned to not let fear stop me from working to excel in something. The adults in church were very supportive. Yeah, music performance is like preparing for a competition, even if it isn't a competition, you know? The time and effort spent in preparing for a short moment and the thrill of excelling in that moment, that's really a great joy. It is. Now, that's not to say I didn't participate in my share of actual competitions. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that I've been known to be fairly competitive at times. You know... I would say I didn't notice that, but I would be lying on Red Pill Torah. And, you know, we don't roll that way. No, we don't do that. So, anyway, I'm just thinking about how times have changed and how the changes are reflected in the way we manage competitions for our children. You mean like the relaxed enforcement of rules? Everybody getting a participation trophy, no winners or losers, that type of changes? Yeah, those are really good examples, Mama. And I wonder what the impact of those changes will be on our society in the future. I think we can already see some of those changes. One area in which we see them is in the Christian faith. Hmm. I think many Christians want to look flexible and more open-minded when it comes to Elohim's decisions. We know that mercy is a key attribute of our Elohim, and Yeshua taught that merciful people are blessed because they will receive mercy in return. That comes from Matthew 5, verse 7. Still, I think when some people read the Torah, they see Elohim as harsh and not merciful. Hmm. You know, I agree with you, Mama. No doubt many people feel that way about the Elohim of Israel, despite the way he introduced himself to Moshe. I'll read his introduction from Exodus 34, starting at verse 5. It says, Yehovah descended in the cloud, stood with Moshe there, and proclaimed the name of Yehovah. Yehovah passed before him and proclaimed, Yehovah, Yehovah Elohim, merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in grace and truth, showing grace to the thousandth generation, forgiving offenses, crimes, and sins, yet not exonerating the guilty, 
but causing the negative effects of the parents' offenses to be experienced by their children and grandchildren, and even by the third and fourth generations. Wow, that was powerful, Daddy. When I hear it, I want to do exactly what Moshe did. Verse 8 says, At once Moshe bowed his head to the ground and worshipped. Hallelujah. Bless the name of our Elohim because he is Echad. He is one. He is unique. The one and only. He is Kadosh. He is holy. He is so good, Daddy. Amen. 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 Dad, in Matthew chapter 19, someone approached Yeshua and said to him, Good Rabbi, what good thing shall I do so that I may have eternal life? In verse 17, Yeshua answered him, saying, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, that is Elohim. But if you want to attain eternal life, observe the mitzvot, which is Hebrew for commandments. As we keep reading, that man asked, Which commandments should he observe? Yeshua answered him by quoting from what we know as the Ten Commandments. So much for the idea that the old law of Moses is done away with. Huh? huh? Mm-hmm. I agree. Anyway, we're talking about the goodness of Elohim. Hey, Mama. I think we're good to always remind our listeners that the Torah, God's instructions, are not done away with by anyone, especially not by the son of Elohim. When Yeshua asked the man why he called him good, it was pointing all glory to the Father. That's right. And that was part of Yeshua's mission. Yeshua's answer also contained a hint at exactly who Yeshua is. Yeshua did not refuse being called good, a description that Yeshua said only applies to Elohim. He was challenging whether the person asking about eternal life knew who he was actually speaking with. Yeshua challenged the disciple Philip in a similar way. Reading from the Gospel according to John, chapter 14, starting at verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will be enough for us. Yeshua replied to him, Have I been with you so long without you knowing me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Tim, if Yeshua could challenge one of his disciples to see the Father in him, how much more should we who have the benefit of his written word, see the Father in the Son. Some people may have to explain that one to Yeshua when they see him. Now, I don't want to be one of those people. Mm -mm. Mama, at the time of this recording, the Torah reading is called Masay, which is Hebrew for journeys or travels. And here are some of the instructions that Moshe received in that Torah reading, which comes from Numbers chapter 33. Starting at verse 50, Yehovah spoke to Moshe in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. He said to tell the people of Israel, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you are to expel all of the people living in the land from in front of you. Destroy all their stone figures, destroy all their metal statues, and demolish all their high places. Drive out the inhabitants of the land and live in it. For I have given the land to you to possess. I'll read from verse 55. It says, But if you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land from in front of you, then those you allow to remain will become like thorns in your eyes and stings in your sides. They will harass you in the land where you were living. And in this event, I will do to you what I intended to do to them. Mm-hmm. Daddy, some people may read this and wonder, Could this be the same God who described himself as good and merciful? Could this be the same God that Yeshua claimed to be in perfect union with? If so, 
How could he tell Israel to drive people out of the lands they were living in and to totally dis dispossess them from their homes? Does this seem like something nice to do? Maybe not if one wants to be a Canaanite. But you know, the New Testament reading that goes with this Torah reading includes Mark 11. Reading from verse 15, they came to Jerusalem and he, or Yeshua, entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it, and they were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. So, Daddy, if I may use a little more colorful language, okay. Yeshua laid hands on the hustlers in the temple. Ah. Not only laid hands on like, like we say in church, I mean laid hands like forcefully kicked them out of his father's house. This may not seem like the sweet baby Jesus we hear about in service who healed everyone and blessed the children and never said a mumbling word. But this is the same Yeshua, the son and expressed image of Jehovah Elohim. We really need to be careful about judging Elohim. Because he alone is holy. That's right. He alone is qualified to determine the standards of morality. Mm -hmm. It is he, the righteous judge, who applies his standards to us and not the other way around. Psalms 100 says, Be aware that Jehovah is Elohim. It is he who made us. We did not create ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So, Mama... People who don't know that Jehovah is Elohim and who don't acknowledge him as creator belong to him, but they're not his people or the sheep of his pasture. Psalm 100 can be read by anyone, but it is a message to his people. If Jehovah Elohim determined to relocate a family of people to be in a land that he had chosen for himself, that's his business. The turmoil in the Middle East that we see this day is because some people don't like Elohim's choice. Still. His mercy is available to everyone because everyone has the opportunity to be grafted into his people. Being grafted in gives you ownership in the promised land and a share in the blessings of Elohim's promise to faithful Abraham. Amen. For people who don't want to be grafted in, Jehovah may look pretty stern, but that's their choice to make. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and judge Elohim based on the shifting standards of today's society? Or would you take the red pill and align your moral standards with Jehovah's righteous ways? Only you can answer that question. If you have been a believer for a while and you have experienced situations that you didn't like or didn't understand, you're still a believer because you learned to hold on and trust his word. The wisdom of the crowd is crazy compared to the wisdom of Jehovah Elohim. So stick with the wisdom of our Heavenly Father. He does not change. That's according to Malachi 3, verse 6. And don't let anyone else tell you that he does. Well, that's all we have time for today. Share Red Pill Torah with a friend and study what we shared together. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you, you can, can handle the truth.